it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In This League presents the NFL Draft Prospect Podcast. You like that? You like that? In This War Room. Hug it, chug it, football. Here's your host, Scott Bogman. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the War Room on In This League. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash army. if you would. we got all kinds of great stuff for, for you there. Group me rooms, baseball rankings for all you baseball fans. I will have updated dynasty rankings at the end of this month as well for some of the current players. And, uh, you know, CK and I are starting to work on uh, rookie rankings. I don't officially rank them until after the draft because team context is so much but i'll have a general you know ranking of these guys going into the draft of course ck and um at c-o-p-i-e-p-s for ck on the twitter machine at bogman sports for myself ck so much to talk about today we've got the draft order set for one through 18 we've got defensive prospects to go over and we watched maybe one of the worst national title games in national title game history I mean, I expected it to be Georgia uh, pretty easy here. I didn't think it would be that easy. We were broadcasting it, and it was a disaster, right? After those great semifinal games with the TCU, Michigan, and Georgia, Ohio State Man. that were so great, you at least had to hope for it to be competitive into the fourth quarter. It wasn't competitive into the second quarter. I forget <sighs> where I saw it, but somewhere I, I read somewhere that it was Georgia 13.5 was the spread. Georgia covered 13.5 every single quarter. They outscored TCU by 13 and a half. It was a, it was a blowout, man. It was, it was tough to watch actually at times. It was, it was so bad. I think it was 31 seven with a minute 19 left in the first half. And uh, we were broadcasting it on the ITL Twitch. And I said, if Georgia scores again, I'm going to turn this off at halftime. And they did. I didn't think they would with a minute 19 left, but Max Duggan threw that terrible interception I just trying to do anything he could with the ball. It's not necessarily all his fault, but uh, you know, I mean, just a bad decision and Georgia scores again. And it was over at halftime. I mean, those guys were eating chicken wings. Uh, I saw on, uh, on the sideline, like before halftime. So uh, yeah, just get those guys, a sponsorship, get those guys an NIL deal. Any ones exactly. that are staying around, get them an NIL deal. Popeyes or well, speaking of Popeyes and NIL deal, did you see the Popeyes I, kid I with the side eye? That. That is yeah. awesome. Oh, it's good so job by great. Popeyes to take advantage of that. Yeah, his uh his what was it? His high school team won the state championship and he's off to college now and 
uh, giant kit. I mean, big offensive lineman. So uh, just just fun stuff all around. Mm-hmm. I, I love that the kid with the meme is making some money off of his. Everyone in the world has seen that kid's face. Mm-hmm. So he should make a little uh, scratch off of it. I like that. Well, normally we start out with uh, some prospect stuff. But uh, right now we have the draft order for at the very top CK. So let's start with that. And the Texans did it. They pissed away a chance <laughs> at uh, being able to pick one, one overall. I don't know how much it's going to matter for them. Um, you know, but it was just funny. The writing was on the, the wall for Lovey Smith to be out after year one before the game played. And I think everyone feels like it's a big middle finger to the Texans by by him. He knew he was going to get fired, so uh, sent those guys out to win. But if it was that easy, he would have sent them out to win every week. You know what I mean? And they would have mm-hmm. been uh, undefeated. Those guys played hard for him, and they ended up with a win, which was, you know, if you're a Texans fan, I, I don't ever really hate a win um, because it shows that the team is moving in the right direction. But this is the one time where I would have been like, just take the L, man. Get that one one because even you can trade out of it, uh, even if you're moving a couple spots back and add more stuff. And when you're picking at one one, generally you need to trade out of that spot and get more things. But um, I, think I don't know the Bears Bear- are going to do. I think that's what the Bears want to do, right? I think they want to trade out of that spot now. I love this because if you're a Bears fan. Well, not not only if I'm a Bears fan, but as a Steelers fan, I love this too. Oh, yeah. Because the sure. Bears traded that second round pick to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. So that's now the first pick in the second round. But Bears are picking one. I'm with UCK. We'll get to it in a minute. Uh that they are probably trading out of that. Then uh in the top five, you have Houston, the Cardinals are three, the Colts are four, and Seattle gets Denver's pick, which would have been five. Detroit gets the number six overall pick which was from the rams and the stafford trade then we have vegas at seven atlanta at eight carolina at nine and philly with the 10th pick uh because they have the saints first round pick so that is your top 10 and like you said ck chicago's got to trade out of this unless they want to replace justin fields i don't i don't think they do but now by getting the first overall pick you can have anyone you want. You don't have to wait on, uh, you know, whoever's picking in front of you. And you can, you know, feel free to trade out of this spot, too, if someone falls in love with a quarterback and get the, you know, I think the general deal is three first-round picks for a first overall. You know, it's whatever you wherever you pick this year, probably in the top 10 um, or 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then two more first-round picks is the general uh, stance most teams have. I don't think they want to drop too far though. Right. I don't, Yeah. they really want one of the two big defensive line players. We'll talk about, I would assume Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. So the easy one is just say Indianapolis moving up from four to one. That's the one that's going to be easily speculated there. If Indianapolis finds the quarterback they want, as far as replacing Justin Fields, other than his rushing ability, are we sure Justin Fields is still a good quarterback? Now he's great for fantasy, but as far as an NFL team, are we sure he's a great quarterback? I'm not sure he's better than Bryce Young throwing the ball. He's he's an amazing athlete and he's great for fantasy, but he also wasn't drafted by the new Bears GM. Is it Ryan? I forget his last name. Poles, I think. Something Poles, like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did not draft Justin Fields. So it's possible. We saw the Cardinals go back to back years with a first round pick, Josh Rosen. And then they had a new GM. They had a new coach who is now gone, but they took uh, Cliff Kingsbury or Cliff Kingsbury took Kyler Murray. We'll see. 
as close as possible, they could take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis, whoever they like the most. I don't know that it's fair um, to kind of to Justin Fields has no targets. I mean, it's Cole Komet. Darnell Mooney is very good, and we saw a little connection there, but it was like, okay, well, Fields is banged up, and then Mooney is banged up. Like this, this offense definitely has not been a hundred percent. And the Bears get down in games and they force him to throw the ball. And when you know the pass is coming, it, it's easier for defensive linemen to pin their ears back, defensive backs to play back a couple steps, uh, try to jump a route. Um, it's just easier when you know what's coming, you know. Sure. So I don't know that Justin Fields may not be good. And I can tell you from the first like three weeks or four weeks, I was questioning him as an NFL quarterback at all because uh, he looked so bad. Then he went on a tear where he looked like an MVP candidate, and then he kind of fizzled out at the end again. So I'm not really sure where I stand on fields. Um, I, I can streaky, see right? other. Yeah, I mean, look, it, how about Atlanta trades for him? And then Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uses that one one still. Uh, I'm I'm fine with that, too. That's a running system. You have targets there. Give him Pitts, give him Drake London. Um, and a run first team. So you're not ask, asking him to throw the ball, uh, you know, 40 times. So let's, let's look at those know. top 10 teams and which teams are actually interested in a quarterback, right? So Houston is going to be interested in a quarterback. They're picking two. Indy at four mm -hmm. wants a quarterback. Seattle, I think they're just going to resign Geno. I don't really see them taking a quarterback there. Detroit, I suppose they could, but it's not their biggest need, right? It's certainly not their biggest need. Vegas needs a quarterback. Atlanta, Atlanta does. I don't I'm not ready to pass up on one of these high end guys for Desmond Ritter and Carolina is desperate in need of a quarterback. So that's half the top 10 picks needs a quarterback. And there's only four that we think are going to go in the first round. I, I think you might be, um, you know, Gino is old, you know, I mean, I know he played very well this year, but uh, I think he's uh, closer to my age than he is closer to some of these rookies coming out. You know what I mean? So um it at least has to be in the back of Seattle's mind. And this is one of those scenarios where if you, if a team falls in love with a guy, they're willing to move, you know, the, the sun and the earth to get him. So uh, I don't think we can count out Seattle or even Detroit. And, and it's not that the guys that are there are bad. Gino play Gino was great this year and they're in the playoffs. I mean, they still have a shot to go deeper. Um, we know Jared Goff is streaky. He was in and out, but he's got – there are no excuses for him anymore. I mean, he's got Amonra. He's going to get Jamison back. The run game is good. The O-line is good. All that he's missing from is like a premier tight end. Um, but I could see Dan – tell me you can't see Dan Campbell falling in love with Will Levis. That that would be the one that he would seem to like, right? That's your – your grinder guy, he's gonna he's gonna go after it. That's bite, a, was it a bite, kneecap bite biter if you've ever Will seen Levis. one. Yeah, Will Levis. So uh you could see that. And then, you know, uh same thing uh with Vegas. Uh you know, obviously Derek Carr is out there, they're gonna trade him or cut him. Um, you know, Atlanta needs that I Desmond Ritter ain't, ain't gonna be the guy, I don't think. You know, I don't know that it's fair to judge him off a couple games. So if they want to, if they want to sit where they are, take the best player available because they need so much, or maybe even trade back from that spot instead of trading up. Atlanta really can do anything. Their roster is so rough that they can do kind of whatever they want. Uh, the rest of the the 
field that we know in terms of the draft order. Uh, Tennessee is picking at 11. Cleveland is picking at 12, although the Texans have their pick. Uh, the Jets at 13. Patriots at 14. Packers at 15. Commanders at 16. Steelers at 17. And Lions at 18. I told you the Steelers would screw up that pick and just miss, miss the playoffs. You know, they were uh, a top five pick earlier this season, end up at 17 and no playoff spot exactly where you want to be. So it was a rough weekend for both of us, that. man, as Steelers fans and Packers fans, it was a rough weekend. At least your team won. My team just needed to win and couldn't get it done. But I, I mean, it's just so sad watching the, you know, what they say the first time since 2000, no Packers, Patriots or Steelers in the playoffs. And in the AFC, it's the first time since so one, no Patriots, Steelers or Colts in the playoffs. You know, that's, Roethlisberger, uh, Manning, and Brady right there forever. So uh, none of those teams in the playoffs, but um, we'll see what happens. And then, you know, we're still sorting out the rest of it. Uh, wild card round uh, losers will know by this time next week and then so on and so forth. And we have the Hula Bowl coming up. Hula Bowl weekend, is yeah. uh, this weekend, right? So uh, we will have coverage on that for uh, next week's episode as well. So let's dive in and talk about some of these defensive prospects, CK, because, um, you know, this is a huge part of the ball. And, uh, you know, you're going to hear me talk about IDP a lot on this show. And if you decide to jump into an IDP league, which I highly recommend, it just makes the draft so much more fun for you to watch. You know, if you're only looking for wide receivers, running backs and quarterbacks, Okay, but I mean, you're going to be waiting until, uh, you know, day three to see a lot of those guys go, um, you know, which makes the the guys in round one and two. But I mean, the first round is so long. The first round is four hours. You know, wait 15 minutes between picks and then not know the defensive lineman pick. Don't don't be that guy. Come on. Come play some IDP. Enjoy it. You can start with three. You can go all the way up to 11. Uh, this is my used car salesman pitch right here. CK's laughing at me, by the way. Do you, you guys play 11? Do you play 11 a lot? Yeah, I, my home league's 11. Mm -hmm. Is it? Okay. So I don't yeah, have any 11s. It, I do not have any 11s. And this is a guy who loves the draft, so I do not play well, any 11s. But Well, we do the, uh, the you know, I have the individual defensive podcast here with Gary Davenport. Mm -hmm. We play 11 in the listener league as well. He has deathmatch where we play 11. So I've, I've got a lot of those. But I have to join one of those this year. The, it, it's fun. And look, um, you probably shouldn't say this if you're being a used car salesman, but dive in feet first and go the full 11 if you want to start. But if you're a commissioner, you want to go to IDP and you're getting a lot of pushback from your league because people don't want to do the extra research. I always compare it to if you're a fantasy baseballer, you would not want to draft a pitching staff, right? It, doesn't that feel terrible? I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to draft, uh, you know, you don't want Frankie Montas when you have Garrett Cole, you know what I mean? You don't want Frankie Montas's ERA affecting Garrett Cole. It's the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. There's one weak link. Uh, you know, you're getting roasted. So um, anyway, this is my used car sale salesman, my used car sales pitch for uh, IDP. But anyway, we're going to look at the defensive side of the ball. A lot of good defensive prospects this year, as there are every single year. Um, a lot of edge, a lot of interior guys, um, not so many inside linebackers. We'll get to it, uh, but lots of corners and almost no safeties. I mean, the safety class this year is rough, but 
Um, we had more declarations and we're going to have one more episode of declarations after this, because the deadline we looked it up is Monday, uh, the 16th. So, um, who were the guys that decided to make the trek to the NFL draft this year or this week? Excuse me. Okay. So we're going to burn through some of these. So Hunter Lepke is a, I don't usually, this might be the only fullback that's drafted in the entire draft this year. (laughs) He is. I think he had over 600 yards rushing from North Dakota State this year. Think uh, much more of a ball carrier, like an H-back option. Think Chris Cooley type of player who can get some passes, run the ball. He probably a day three guy. We're going to bunch of wide receivers here. Ronnie Bell, you've mentioned you like a lot. We talked about Marvin Mims last week. CJ Johnson we talked about in the bowl games. I don't know if I ever talked about Malik Knowles. Malik Knowles is a wide receiver from Kansas State. Big guy. Jared Wayne, I don't think it's drafted from Pittsburgh. Grant DeBose had the weirdest offseason ever where he he's a wide receiver from Charlotte. He went into the transfer portal. He decided, nope, I've decided I'm going to go back to Charlotte. And then like the very next day, he said, nope, I'm not going to Charlotte. NFL draft, <laughs> here I come. So we'll see. He actually is very good. So I think he'll get drafted. Davis Allen's a tight end from Clemson. Uh, does kind of struggles with separating. Just yesterday, we heard Luke Whipler. That is a center from Ohio State. I said, it's good center class. Steve Avila, one of the rare TCU players that I thought actually played fairly well in that game he held up <laughs> decently well against Jalen Carter who we'll talk about the snaps were no issues yeah that's right exactly uh offensive tackle so Jalen Duncan is an offensive tackle for Maryland we talked about him in the Bulls here's some first round pick options Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones are both offensive tackles from Ohio State both of those are first round pick possibilities if you're looking for an O-line Paris Johnson more technically sound Dewan John Dewan Jones is just huge just a massive human being I've seen Paris Johnson mock to the Steelers maybe a million times so that'd be okay um, you'd, I yeah. think you'd like that one I, I would be okay with it I'm just kind of convinced they won't draft an O-lineman to start but we'll see uh KJ Henry is a edge from Clemson Mozzie Smith we talked about another edge Mike Morris is an edge Habakkuk Baldonado is an edge player Jalen Carter, we're going to talk about a lot. He officially declared DJ Dale is an Alabama player. Here's a good one. Byron Young is a defensive lineman from Alabama. Here's a factoid for everybody. There's going to be two players named Byron Young get drafted, likely on day two, both of whom are edge players from the SEC. Byron Young is Alabama and Byron Young is Tennessee. It can be very confusing because they also play very similarly. So somebody's got to get a nickname, man. That's I mean, right. Somebody we can't got, go with BY, right? We can't just say BY because there's can't that one's already it. taken. Yeah, so. the, well, yeah, and Bryce Young. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. so uh too many, the too many BYs. So uh, you know, um it, it'll be, you know, when we had Chris Young's in uh baseball, baseball we had yeah. Chris Young SP and then Chris B Young was the outfielder for the D-backs. So, you know. Wait for uh, Dane Brugger. He'll figure out a middle name or something. I don't, I don't oh, know any middle names. Sure. Yeah. I don't know any middle names for you, but Byron yeah, Young. Yeah. It'll Alabama. be uh, Byron Young, type A blood, Byron Young, <laughs> exactly. uh, O positive. Right. So uh, Keandre Coburn, we talked about him. He's the huge defensive tackle from Texas. DJ Turner is a corner from Michigan. Julius Brents, I like as a corner from Kansas State, built like a corner. And Keely Ringo, we'll talk about today. He acquitted himself nicely in the college football playoff championship. Those are the ones that are going to the NFL that I wanted to talk about. Now, people that are going back to college, Cam Rising mentioned quickly is back to Utah. Your buddy Spencer Rattler, the quarterback <laughs> at South Carolina, is heading back. Jordan Whittington, the receiver for from his Texas. tenth year. I mean, uh, I think it's seriously his seventh year. Hey. So, what is it? The, what's the line from Tommy Boy? They're, they call him doctors. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people go to college for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. That's right. Uh, Johnny Wilson next year. So Florida State's going to be awesome next year. I'm so excited to watch Florida State. Johnny Wilson is 
probably six foot seven, six foot eight, like Mike Evans sized wide receiver. He decided to return a couple tight ends here. Cade Stover from Ohio State, Ben Urasek, Frank Keithy, Cooper Beebe is a good interior lineman going back to Kansas State. All the Clemson guys are, well, not all the Clemson guys are going back, but Clemson is usual, extremely deep on defense. Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas, and I finally heard him say it. It's Rook, the H's are silent. So it's Rook or, 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 O. I never actually heard or, him say or, it. Or, Yep, that's how he says it. And then J.J. Weaver, Edge from Kentucky, and here's the big two. So first, Jared Verse decided to go back to Florida State. So I'm just talking about how excited I am to watch Florida State. I was shocked when I saw it. I thought, at this time last year, right, we were talking, was it going to be Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau? And then Trayvon Walker just climbed up the board. If there was someone who was going to do that this year, yeah, I would have guessed Jared Verse. So that is probably the second top. We were pick. texting about it. And yeah. I just um, look, I, I there are some guys. I remember Matt Liner talking about it, right? Where Matt Liner was like, well, my dream was to play at USC. So I'm going to stay for the extra year because uh, this is what I've always wanted to do. And, um, you know, stay for the extra year. It didn't work out for him, but he did stay uh, the extra year. Uh, and, and then, you know. But we've seen so many guys go back as a top 10 talent and then go in the third round the next year, go in the fourth round. I mean, quarterbacks are extreme. Some of them go undrafted uh, in those scenarios, right? Um, so I was just, you're making money in college now, so it's not all about the money. Um, but I mean, it is like, you know, it's guaranteed for you. If you picked in the first round, you're getting four years worth of that cash and a fifth-year option if you're good. Um, that teams can pick up. So uh, a little surprising to see verse go back, but you know, it, it's the nature of the beast these days. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I, I posted a video before he went back in the war room uh, group me room and where he was at Albany still. And he tracked down, I mean, he's 10 yards behind Sean Tucker and he chases him down mm -hmm. and he's right on his heels. So that is shows the type of athlete is, I think if he has a good year, he's, he's pretty much a lock top 10 pick at that point for me, but We'll see. Maybe he gets hurt. The president of the Jared verse fan. Club I, I, I am right there. I am hyping. <laughs> I want to drive that train next year, man. Uh, the other surprising one, I think that went back. We heard it was 50, 50 and Blake Corum went on the rich Eisen show and said that he hurt his MCL. I forget if he said he tore it or we knew he had a knee injury and he did officially talk about the knee injury. And he said that he was going to struggle to do any of the combine combine, combine and any of that anyways. And so when he said that, he said, I'm decided to come back to Michigan for an extra year. I guess with the injury, it makes sense to me at that point. And at this point, he, you know, there's always going to be juniors or draft eligible players next year, like Travion Henderson or Braylon Allen, that'll maybe overtake him. But I could see Blake Corrin going back and having a Zach Charbonnet like year and still being a probably a pretty early day two PI. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exactly what you said with the injury. This one was less surprising. I think if he was healthy enough to go through the combine and all that stuff, um, then, you know, he would probably, uh, be right there. He'd be in this class because he would, and he would be in that top three of Bijan Gibbs and it would be quorum, uh, probably for me, uh, third year, but with the NFL kind of moving, running backs down the board overall as a position, you know, and the success of some guys recently, James Robinson undrafted was a pro bowler. Zonovan Knight this season, we saw play very, very well after going undrafted. Right. So, um, you know, 
you just can't. It's it's more risky for a running back than it is for an edge guy. Jared Verse could suck this year. He'll still go in the fourth round, right? Because people saw that upside from last year. They'll decide that he was definitely dealing with an injury, or we can fix him and get him back to the guy he was before. Um, you know, Blake Corum. If he sucks this year, he goes undrafted. So he's betting on himself. It is a bit of a gamble. Um, but I like it for him, and I think he can do it. And he's still behind one of the best offensive lines in the nation in Michigan. Probably going to have to deal with a new coach, though. So we'll see because Jim Harbaugh looks to have got himself into a little bit of trouble uh, at Michigan here. So we'll see if he takes an NFL job. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot's going to change in Michigan even if Jim Harbaugh goes. So it's not like they're going to bring in Cliff Kingsbury uh, to Michigan. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be amazing. It'd remember be awesome they, if they just they hired Rich Rod? Jobs, the Remember when they hired Rich Rod? To run God. the spread there with uh, what was the guy who didn't tie his shoelaces? Yeah, that was uh, uh, uh Denard Denard Robinson. Robinson. Yep, there we go. Yeah, oh. here's to you, Denard Robinson. <laughs> yeah, they made the whole song about him and everything. Awesome. Ooh, we are showing our age here a little bit. Yes, we um, are. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, verse and and quorum. Um, you know, gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch them again. I'm a little disappointed mm -hmm. they're not in this class, but the class is deep. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start with edge rushers. So CK, tell us about the edge rushers in this class at the top. All year it was kind of which Alabama would player would go number one, depending on who you want, what spot you needed, right? If it was going to be Bryce Young, if you wanted a quarterback, or if you wanted defense, Will Anderson. I think it's it's a little closer. Jalen Carter is going to get mentioned in that top area now too. We saw CJ Stroud. So there's some talk about the top again. But Will Anderson, when I was doing these grades, he grades out higher for me than any edge player since Nick Bosa. And so that's Ooh. all the guys last year, right? Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, Chase Young. To me, you have to go all the way back to Nick Bosa. And that's that's really good. That's really high praise for him. Now, I don't want to sell the scat line, but it's a really impressive stat line. The last couple of years, he's combined for 152 tackles, 48 of them for loss, and 27 and a half sacks. And that is, you can say, Alabama has so many options that he can't get double teams. No, he, he feel, fights through plenty of double teams. Like, they will chip him with running backs, and he just pushes off. The with, with his size profile, the ability that he has to turn around a tackle on the offensive line and bend his body to ridiculously low levels to the ground for a man that size and then not fall over and still keep rushing the passer is very impressive for a player that I said he basically if he would have been eligible to get drafted last year, he probably goes in the top five. Now he didn't have that opportunity. So the question was, OK, well, he's already proven what he's done. Will he just kind of slow down a little bit this year to make sure he doesn't get hurt? Nope. He still went extremely hard and still helped Alabama almost get to the playoff. Just a game like that's there. the one gear, you know. You have mm -hmm. a motor the the you don't ramp it up; it's on and off. That's it. You know, the only knock that you can make on him, and it's a very it's very nitpicky, would be because he is so athletically dominant. You don't see all the rip moves, the swim moves, the chop moves on him, which. It works for him at Alabama. In the NFL, the tackles get better, right? So he's going to need to have some type of a counter move in place for when he does get locked up by a tackle. And I, I don't think that there's any question that he can develop it, though, either. Yeah, I mean, you saw a guy, uh, you know, just because I watched the Steelers and, and listened to everything about the Steelers, Alex Highsmith has probably one of the best spin moves now. Um, he did not have that coming in the NFL. That's something he learned from his coaches and from other players on the team and stuff. And um, – most guys come in with like a dip and rip and they just use their strength uh, for bull rush a lot. There's a lot of speed guys just get outside the tackle. 
They don't have multiple moves. They don't have an inside move, a swim move, things like that. So these are things that most edge guys um, learn at the NFL level because when you're, you know, when you're Will Anderson dominant, all you know is I'm bigger, I'm faster, I'm stronger, and I'm going to run this mf in front of me right over. So um, he'll learn moves for sure at the next level. And once he adds that, it's going to be hard to stop him. Like you said, he's going to be in that Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, uh, you know, type of territory. Miles Garrett's in there, of course. So um, he, he seems like that's what he's going to be. And we heard last year, um, you know, this would have been the number one edge rusher on the board last year when we saw all those edge rushers go in the first round and first overall, Trayvon Walker. Everyone says Will Anderson. Uh, would have gone over him. So uh, just a very impressive young man. And, um, you know, I watched him against Texas. Uh, he, he was in that backfield a lot. So um, he's going to be, he, I think right now on the board, he's first or third. He Like if the Bears stay and they decide they don't take a quarterback, it's Will Anderson. If not, then the Cardinals are picking at three unless they want to trade out of that spot. How does he not go three? They need they JJ Watts retiring. Uh, they need help along that line. So um, very, very high pick for Will Anderson for sure. Yeah. He he is one though that it doesn't really matter if you're playing four, three or three, four. That's that's something you can talk about with with edge players is his body type. I think he can play three, four outside linebacker. No matter what, you're gonna ask him to rush the passer, right? Yes. Because as we move down, we'll talk next will be Miles Murphy. It would have been Jared Verse. We'll talk Miles Murphy here. He's bigger than Will Anderson. He's taller than Will Anderson. He's heavier than Will Anderson. He He's one that I don't really want him playing 3-4 outside linebacker. You want him in a 4-3 system where he can play a defensive end and rush the passer. Uh, he's amazing at anchoring against the run. Sometimes Clemson, surprisingly, with as much talent as they have, will ask him to cover running backs out in the flat, and he does it like great. I don't know why they ask him to do that, but they <laughs> will ask him to cover running backs, and he does it. He's... Definitely not as athletic as my, as Will Anderson. He's not going to bend as much as Will Anderson, but I would just say Miles Murphy is really solid on a team that has a lot of talent. He, he doesn't stand out, but he does everything really well, and he's someone that should be another top 10 pick probably at this point. Top 15, I would say almost guaranteed, but I could easily see a team. You mentioned the Falcons, right? They yeah. always need pass rush help. I think that Miles Murphy would be a great fit if they decide to take defense. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of teams need help, especially a lot of teams uh, picking early. I mean, who could not use this guy? Maybe the Colts, you know, and, and anyone could use him. Uh, it's just that uh, the Colts are, that's the one of the few positions they're actually set at. Uh, so uh, probably not going there, but uh, I could see him going anywhere else. Great candidate for the Bears if they trade down, mm -hmm. I feel like. I don't think the Bears want to trade down. They want one of these defensive players. There's really four or five. I think that it can't drop too far. The next one would be the, probably the last edge that you don't want to miss out on. That's Tyree Wilson. So he is the only one so far of these top end players that's committed to the senior bowl. And that's fine because you actually have to earn a degree. And I don't think Will Anderson will not have done that yet. Neither will Miles Murphy. Tyree Wilson starts his career at Texas A&M before transferring to Texas Tech. Tyree Wilson is the just freak athlete or freak size more so than even athletic 66 275 the official listing that i saw is 86 inch wingspan meaning he has three foot long arms 36 inch arms so we talked about skaronsky's going to get knocked for 32 inch arms that's that's why we get knocked for that right his yeah. arm length is four inches longer meaning he can push someone like peter skaronsky back and then can he just hold off and when you have size like that 
you can put it pretty much play him anywhere. He could play defensive tackle if you wanted to put him at defensive tackle instead of edge. He'd be small at 275, but as long as he can hold up, right, and hold up against the run, he'd to do that. You could put him as edge in a 3-4 system. You don't really want him as as an outside linebacker, right? You don't want him there, but you could put him as a D end and tell him, okay, hold up in these three, four systems and eat at that size, eat some linebacker, or eat some offensive linemen to let the linebackers make some plays. He doesn't really have a lot of moves at this point. His thing is he's just probably has the best bull rush of any of these guys. He's just really, really strong at that size. And he pushes men back into the quarterback. And I don't see why he can't develop more moves at the next level. And with size like that, teams are going to, some team will fall in love with Diary Wilson. I think. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. And uh, just looking at this, I mean, New Orleans uh, could be a spot for him. Uh, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, I'd love to see him fall. But, you know, like they probably screwed that up by winning games at the end of the year. Uh, but uh, I, I would love to see him fall, especially if Cam Hayward uh, does end up retiring. So it's a good it's uh, a good comp for Tyree Wilson. Actually, Cam Hayward is another really big athlete that kind of looks like Tyree Wilson. Just massive. Also mm-hmm. long arms for a cam and you see cam, uh, you know, play in the past game a lot. A lot of deflections. Steelers led the league in picks this year. And uh, a lot of that was line deflections. So we moved to the Georgia guy who did not play in the national championship game or the playoff or most of the season. That would be Nolan Smith. He tore his pec muscle early in the season, and he you saw him on the sidelines. I know they interviewed him after the game, and he was talking it up, and he seems like a really good he guy. He went out for the coin flip. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. yeah. Uh, eight games he played. He still made 18 tackles, seven for loss. He had three sacks. He is a former number one overall recruit, not just at linebacker. Overall, he was the top-rated recruit in the country when he got there, so he has had a pedigree for a long time. And we know how good Georgia's defense is. They've put so many players in the NFL draft in the first round specifically, but Nolan Smith is another one. Like he's really, he's an excellent run defender. He gets down the line of scrimmage. He's his lateral ability, the ability should you to start running one way or another in the league where we're getting more and more read option plays where you have to be able to guard a running back, but also hold your own in case the receiver or in case the quarterback keeps the ball. I think Nolan Smith's going to be great at that. The knock on him is going to be, he's 6'3", 235 is pretty tiny an edge player so you're going to hear the tweener is he a linebacker he's not really an edge player i don't know good players are good players right so right i he can get to the quarterback i'm sure some team will take a chance on him if if the pectoral is good enough and we get to see him in the combine things that will only help him yeah i'm excited to see what if anything he can do i think probably more likely uh, to see him go with just the pro day. A lot of those guys that are coming off an injury will just do the pro day. You get a little more favorable numbers uh, at the pro day. Plus, most of the people that, um, you know, most of the scouts that would end up drafting you will be at your pro day anyway. Uh, so I think that's probably most likely, but I would love to see him uh, in, in the combine. I just don't know how realistic it is because torn pecs are bad. They take a long time uh, to recover from, which is why I was so fearful that TJ Watt did it week one. You know, uh, I bet you he'll be having surgery in the next couple days here, whatever, uh, to fix it too. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, Nolan Smith, like you said, good players are good players. A little skinny. I think someone will probably either ask him to, uh, you know, stay exactly where he is and just make him an outside linebacker or bulk up and play end. So yeah, I think uh, I think his body could put on there's some players when you look at him, you think, well, they can't really add weight. I think Nolan Smith could put on 15 pounds and not really lose a whole lot for you. So that's why some you get him in an NFL strength coach 
his room, right? And you just trust these guys to do to make your good players even better. That's that's what it comes down to at some point, right? That's why these NFL nutritionists do. They yeah. know what to do. You know, you see a lot of these guys transform once they get to the NFL. You know, a couple off seasons now they're absolutely yoked. So, mm-hmm. uh, the last edge we're going to talk about. So I have not seen much Lucas Van Ness. I will admit this is the one I've seen the least amount of. I know there's some people who love him, so I figured. I, we need to talk about Lucas Van Ness. And so I watched what I could find on him. Now, he could have went back to school two more years, but he chose to go to the NFL. He doesn't even start. He's never started a game for Iowa. Not one game on the very good Iowa defense. But I see the the appeal of Lucas Van Ness in the bit, little bit that I watched. He can play both inside and outside. 6'5", 265. That is a great size profile for what he can offer. And you just see it. It's it's a loaded tools the fact that he'll come off the bench, the fact that he plays no matter where the coaches tell him to play, the dude is unbelievably strong. He just gets under guys and moves them around with ridiculous play strength. It's going to need some coaching. He's not refined, but we see these guys all the time come to the NFL where they they just have a bunch of tools and you get an NFL coach who says, okay, well, I need you to do this. Can you learn how to do it? And I, the easy one is to say AJ Epinesa because it's another Iowa defensive lineman who's kind of the same size yeah. profile. <laughs> but... I'd, I think Lucas Van Ness is even stronger than Epinesa was coming out. And Epinesa's had success with the Buffalo. So I definitely see the appeal. Uh, ho- hopefully uh, Epinesa is a little busty uh, to, to me, um, you know, but but he's a great rotational player. And, you know, maybe this guy is coming out a little early here, but whatever. I mean, you know, get out from underneath that rookie contract to make that big money on the second one. Uh, you know, if he can do it, he'll be able to do it. So I'm, uh, th- this is a guy that I see for Pittsburgh also, cause he can play interior, can play outside and bulk up a little bit, uh, to be a three, four end maybe. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see it with this guy. So excited about him and look, there are so many other edge players just looking, uh, you know, at like, I, I like the draft network a lot and you look and there's like so many, I mean, there's like 20 inside their top 200 ranks from Ollie Gay, Caleb Tanner, Brennan Cox, JJ Weaver. Um, I mean, you have guys like Foskey and Ushalari in here, Derek Hall, um, you know, uh, the, the, uh, and DK, uh, Yusuma from Kansas state, the other Byron young who you mentioned, uh, Colby woolen or wooden, um, that there's a ton of edge prospects. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is, a uh, class that's going to make QBs nervous. That's for sure. I think the the ones I mentioned have a chance to go in the first round. I think Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame has a chance He's to go done. in the first round. Uh, BJ Ojalari, you mentioned him. That's Aziz's brother. BJ went to LSU. He could sneak it, into the back of the first round. He was supposed to be the talk of the town, but it was the the freshman. What was the LSU freshman? Uh, Perkins, Harold Perkins, uh, that, that got uh, all the, the buzz. But Ojalari is very good, too. You don't talk freshman. So Ohio State has Zach Harrison. He'll probably date two guys, but Ohio State has a ridiculous freshman. I forget how I can't say the name correctly right now. That gets all the pass rush plays. Uh Andre Carter is the he's kind of the Tyree Wilson size player. He's I think six seven, six eight. About a month ago, there was talk he wasn't gonna be able to get drafted. He goes to Army and they had that weird bill that was going to prevent him from being drafted, but then they realized the US government realized there was a player who might get picked pretty high from one of the Naval academies or the service <laughs> academies. And still they kind of rewrote it now because I think Andre Carter could get picked pretty high too. I know I forget who it was in the group meeting. Someone mentioned they thought he might go in the first round. 
maybe a little rich, but I could see a day two guy for Andre Carter. So he yeah. had preseason buzz too, man. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he, really good. he's definitely at least a day two guy. It seems there's, if you want edge rushers, there's plenty of them for you in this class, man. If your team needs pass rush, this is the year for you. Let's move to the D line. Uh, there's two just extremely high end prospects here. So Jalen Carter, if their defensive player gets picked before Will Anderson, it will be Jalen Carter. And I mentioned with Will Anderson, I thought he's the best prospect that I've graded for the edge since Bosa. But uh, Jalen Carter, best defensive prospect since Quinn Williams, which isn't that long ago. But Quinn Williams is really good in the NFL. And Jalen yeah. Carter is going to be really good at Cotton in the NFL, too. This season, he missed some games with a knee injury. He's playing again now. I don't think it'll get knocked. I don't think it'll be a knock on him. His production is off the charts. The way that when he first hits a guy, players, offensive linemen that are much bigger than him, move back three, four inches. And then he just gets under him, and then he pushes. He consistently gets double teamed. He consistently gets double teamed, triple teamed. Doesn't really matter. In in the playoff, the very final game that we just saw, there was a stretch of three plays I saw where he was double teamed all three plays. The first one, he split with a bull rush, just went right through him. The second one, he pushes the guy, and then he holds up and tackles the running back for TCU. And then the third one, he just pushed the pile, and that's the one that I think Keely Ringo or someone ended up making a pick on because Jalen Carter is all over Max Duggan. Now he gets the ball out, but it was just three plays in a row just showing how dominant he can be. The only thing is he's not the huge lateral quickness guy. If you run at him, he's going to tackle you. Can he get down the line? He can, but it's not not a strength of his. Now he will chase down plays from behind all the time. He will get 15, 20 yards downfield to tackle a running back on a screen. It is not a lack of motor. It's just... Moving horizontally at, at his size profile is really hard, but another one, easy top five overall pick, I think. Yeah, I love watching Jalen Carter play. You know, it's not, uh, I'm a guy that grew up watching Joel Steed and Casey Hampton just anchor the middle of the Steelers defense. So uh, watching a guy uh, like this, it's just fun. And it's, you know, uh, back in my day, CK, these defensive uh, interior guys never got sacks. You just never see it. Like Aaron Donald's were not happening. Uh, but now that you have uh, rushes and blitzes coming from all over the place, um, you know, these guys have more of an opportunity. And um, Jalen Carter is one of those guys. I mean, and, and remember, this guy and Jordan Davis were on the same line last year. <laughs> it's just crazy uh, to think about some of these prospects that George has been churning and, out. And here. Devontae Wyatt. They had th they will have yeah. three defensive tackles get picked in the in two years. That tells you <sighs> the amount of talent that George has kicked up. That's why they've won two national titles, right? And yeah. are as much of a favorite to win a third as, as anybody right now if you watch that game. So here's my question for you, because you mentioned the Cardinals replacing J.J. Watt with Will Anderson. Is Jalen Carter or Will Anderson a better replacement for J.J. Watt? Because I think it's Jalen Carter. Well, just to replace him physically on the line, it's Carter, you know, because, but, but I have no idea. They're going to have a new coach uh, and they're replacing so much of that defense that I don't know if they're going to do three, four, or they're going to do four, three. Uh, what are they going to do on defense? So they just have to have someone to rush the passer because Watts retiring Zach Allen is a free agent. So they, they need somebody somewhere. So if they like Will Anderson and they're picking at three, I think he's kind of the obvious choice if he's still there. But Carter is a great pick, too. If Anderson goes one and Carter is sitting there for them at three, I just think they need to really focus on the defensive side of the ball uh, this season because they have good linebackers. They have, um, you know, decent safeties. But 
it's the line and the corners uh, need to be replaced for Arizona uh, defensively. So, um, and they might get an extra pick here early too, because they're looking at trading Deandre Hopkins, apparently for whoever they sign Bidwell wants to get rid of him. I, I don't know if he did something, uh, but I mean, uh, you know, they're going to be able to get a lot for him. They're probably going to ask for an AJ Brown type hall. He's not young like AJ Brown. So I bet the price will be below that, but, It'll be in the ballpark, probably. So we'll see. Yeah. Whichever one they get, it's like it's officially a consolation prize, but it's a really good consolation prize. If you get yeah. one of those two, like <laughs> you are happy with that. Absolutely. There is another defensive lineman, a defensive tackle. I'd say pretty easily top half of the first round, maybe another top 10 pick. Uh, that's Brian Brzee from Clemson. He Last year, he missed most of the season with a torn ACL. This year was a really tough year for the guy. He had a kidney infection, which cost him a month. And then his 15-year-old sister died of brain cancer. That was, I forget who they were playing. I think it was maybe Mississippi State. And Mike Leach made all of Mississippi State's guys, wrote wrote him handwritten letters, which is just amazing. I think it was Mississippi State. So pretty cool thing there. But yeah, it's a tough year, man. But when he's on the field, he is incredible too. Another former number one overall prospect like Nolan Smith chose Clemson right away, stuck to it. I think he's maybe a slightly better pass rush option than Jalen Carter at this point, as far as getting up field. Now that's, that's splitting hairs, but sure. he's also not, he's also not as good of a run defender. He's a little, he's very tall, six, five, 300. That's really tall for a defensive tackle. But when he does get under you and use that leverage, you're just done. He's going to throw you around and, and you're not going to be able to block this man at his size. His lateral agility is just unfair. The way he can move down the line. I talked about how Jalen Carter doesn't move down the line particularly well. Uh, Brian Brzee does it awesome. And he he's really good too. I, I could easily see him getting in the top 10 picks too yet. Yeah. And then the rest of the defensive tackles, I mean, it it's short at the top. Um, there's a lot of like day three kind of rotational players, which is great because I mean, on the interior line, that's one of your most rotated positions in the league because these guys are enormous and it's hard for them to hold up for uh three straight down. So, uh, but who are the other guys that might go in, I don't know, day two. Ooh, I would say Siaki Ika from Baylor, 6'4", 350. That is your, you mentioned Casey Hampton. That is your, you want someone just to eat bodies. You could get him in there. Uh, Gervin Dexter, I don't remember. Did he get kicked off of Florida? He had some issues at Florida, 6'6", 313. I, I think he could probably get to a day two pick. Mm, another one I'll mention is Thule. Tui Pelotu, I said, led the country in sacks this year. He's probably not really a defensive tackle at the next level. They probably ask him. He's a little undersized. They might ask him to move outside. But those are all different options, I think, that could still sneak into the second day. Yeah, I like Maisie Smith mm-hmm. uh, as well from Michigan. Uh, another just anchor type, you know, 320-plus, 6'3", just space eater. I love space eaters. I mean, they're so they're so undervalued. Even in fantasy, they're undervalued, but they do so much and they free up for everybody else to make a play. Really unheralded. That's why you know Casey Hampton, one of my all-time favorite Steelers, also Longhorn. Uh, but um, you yeah, know, Longhorns he, actually have a couple of really good ones too. I don't know if any of them will go day two, Coburn. but both of them, Coburn and Ajobo, are likely to get drafted. I, yeah, they're both going to get drafted. I think Coburn has the chance to go day two, possibly. Uh, I mean, he's enormous. He's definitely one of those space eaters. In fact, our guy uh, Josh S. was asking me what I thought about him, and he's a Browns fan. I'm like, that's what you guys need. You need a space eater. You need a run stopper. 
uh, in there for sure uh, because they gave up a lot of rush yards this year, and you just want someone taking up two blockers next to Miles Garrett. So, um, you know, I think he'd be a great addition for them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, Casey Hampton, I remember uh, it, the Seahawks tried to not double him one time in Super Bowl 40, and he one-humped Steve Hutchinson, who's in the Hall of Fame, and then took down Hasselbeck. And it was like his second sack of the year because he got doubled and tripled on every single play because you can't put any one guy on him because of his strength. I mean, he would gas out, you know, really early. He would constantly come to camp at 400-plus pounds, and Tom would make him drop 50 before he'd (laughs) even uh, do anything. Uh, so, uh, that his weight was always an issue, uh, but just a fun player to watch when he was in the thick of it. Uh, so some of these guys, um, are going to be that at the next level, the linebacker CK, I mean, I don't want to call it a weak class, but at the top, it's a weak class. It's just linebackers just getting phased out of the NFL. So many teams are playing three receivers at all times that safe, like you really just want fast safeties almost to drop down to play linebacker last year we saw two get picked in the first round quay walker another one of the many georgia players that are selected and devin lloyd out of utah were the two linebackers that went last year but it's it's just clearly becoming a it used to be you know you'd, you'd almost always get a linebacker in the top 10 overall picks right you yeah. see one of these guys go early but even the year before that it was micah parsons who isn't really a linebacker he's more of an edge rusher at this point Zaven Collins, who you kind of want to project it out in, and that hasn't worked out. So it's just a, a linebacker is changing, right? Isaiah Simmons kind of changed the mold and the Cardinals messed him up. But that's that's what you want are these guys who can <laughs> who are really just really big safeties who can cover because there's so many teams that are playing three receivers at all times. So I put one down. That's Trenton Simpson, another Clemson defender. And the reason I put him down as a first round pick is he can do all of that. He can play linebacker, but he can also play strong safety, which is what you need to cover the tight end. They will line him up on the edge. I mentioned KJ Henry earlier as going in the NFL draft. We just talked about Brian Brzee. So they have plenty of players that Trenton Simpson can rush the passer. They will basically play him at slack corner back to against bigger wide receivers. They will say, go out there and play slack corner and he can do it. He gets sideline to sideline. You need that in today's NFL. You cannot just stay between the tackles. You have to get to the outside with as fast as some of these running backs are. His best skill is actually his coverage ability for a linebacker, somebody who can cover the tight end. Because if you can't cover the tight end, you're you're just so capped that you have to come off the field on third down or if not, these quarterbacks that hurry up to the line and you're stuck because you can't cover a tight end or a running back. They're going to eat you alive out there. So I think Trenton Simpson, because of Brissie and some of the talent that has been in front of Clemson, he has not had a whole lot of challenge taking on blocks. He gets a lot of free runs to the to the ball carrier. That'll probably not, that'll be different at the NFL lineman, offensive lineman, get downfield. He has to shed those blocks and make something happen. I think he can do it. I think he could go with the, it's very hard to see a linebacker going in the top 20. I don't think any went last year. Quay Walker was first and he was in the twenties and Devin Lloyd was after him. I don't think we'll see any in the top 20 again, but I think Trent Simpson could sneak into the end of the first round. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, somebody's going to have to stand out here with some great 40 times. Uh, I, I think, or, or, uh, something unbelievably impressive during the senior bowl or, um, you know, something to go in the first round. I mean, I know you like Simpson, uh, Drew Sanders from, uh, Arkansas is the highest on draft networks board. I know a lot of people like Noah Sewell from Oregon as well, more of a bigger, uh, thumper. 
type so, for for Sewell. So Drew Sanders was a transfer from Alabama. This was his only year at Arkansas. And I, yeah, he he's very good. He he is uh, much bigger than than what we see for typical linebackers. He is the Zayvon Collins type, the the big linebackers who you can like do a little projecting with. Noah Sewell is the brother of Penny Sewell, and it's that's his that's his brother. And Noah Sewell very good too, much more edge at uh, sideline to sideline type of defender than I would say even Drew Sanders. But I, yeah, we'll see. Linebacker just is very undervalued, I think. Yeah, kind of like running backs. There's a lot of guys in the middle um, that that will provide you, like Henry Toyoto uh, from Bama. Demarvian Overshone is a guy with all kinds of speed, but cannot tackle. I mean, it. I think all of those little bands on him were for every missed tackle. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it was so annoying. To watch that guy. Uh, Jack Campbell is a guy that can tackle but has no speed uh, or seemingly, uh, you know, so it's you just don't have a good mix here. So I think someone is going to have to stand out. We saw D winners uh, who, you know, I mean, draft draft network has him as uh, 178 on their board. He stood up and had a great game against Michigan, but they also had whatever a month to prep for that game. So um uh, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of separating that has to go on here for linebackers for uh, someone to be a big impact guy in day one or day two. Doesn't seem like we're going to get a lot of those guys. So uh, we will we'll let you know who's moving up boards once we get some of those numbers and uh, bowl games and stuff. But uh, let's go over to corners because the corner class is much deeper. The corner class and the edge class. If you need a corner, you need an edge. This is your draft because corner is very deep. So I have Christian Gonzalez, number one now. He starts his career at Colorado, transfers for just one season at Oregon. Teams are going to love the size. So we talk about with the wide receivers, how many of them were undersized. A lot of these corners are very big. So it's kind of the opposite. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, I have at 6'2", 200. That is prototypical cornerback size. His arms seem to go on down to his kneecaps. I don't know how long they're going to measure it. He looks unbelievably long. And he's really fast. He can play man coverage. That's what we really want to see at college. Can you play man more so than zone? Now, what what he's dealt with, what I would say, and a lot of these guys deal with this too, is they get a little handsy. They get a little grabby at the top of the routes. You're just starting to pull away. Really easy to tug on him. And he gets grabby at the catch point. So I think he got penalized. I think I saw six times this past season. It's coachable though, right? Like teams love a long cornerback. He's a first round pick to me. I mean, that was a knock on sauce, wasn't it? Coming out was he could get a little grabby, but yep. I mean, and that worked out for him. <laughs> he was the best corner in the league this year. Like, you know, grade wise, PFF statistically catch rate, uh, a lot of those things. Uh, I don't know if he finished at number one, but I know like week 14, he was the only uh, corner with over like a hundred snaps that was holding um, wide receivers to a less than 50% completion rate. The only oh. one in the league. So uh, some of these guys are very talented coming out. And uh, yeah, Christian Gonzalez is definitely one of those guys. So Cam Smith is second. I think that's most people probably have him lower than this. I put Cam Smith at two. He is, I just talked about how all these guys are tall. He's probably the smallest of most of these guys, as far as the high end dudes are concerned, six foot one eighty five. but you wouldn't know it. He loves to play cross coverage. He's a South Carolina cornerback. They have a very good cornerback on the other side named Darius rush who will get drafted as well. But Cam Smith gets up in the receiver's face, and that's in the SEC. He presses very hard. Now, he also deals with some penalties because of that because he wants to be handsy with the wide receivers. But what you notice with Cam Smith is he he seems to understand route concepts. He will fall off 
receivers in zone and jump down the shorter out if it seems where the ball's going to go. He anticipates when receivers will cut. He gets there first. He makes a lot of interceptions, not as many as some of the guys we're going to talk about, but very good player in his own right. He tries to tackle. He's not great at it. At six foot one eighty five, he's going to need to probably bulk up to be a really good tackler. But he's so aggressive as far as getting after guys that I I love to see that out of the cornerbacks. You just talked about Sauce Gardner. He kind of reminds me more of I know Caleb Farley is a huge player, but uh, it was really aggressive, and that's kind of what you see when you see Cam Smith. Just he's Caleb Farley's aggression at three inches less. <laughs> like that's what I want to see. Yeah, uh, he he's. Um... Very fun, a great player to watch, but I'm I'm excited, I believe, yeah, about the next guy. How could I not be? I Come figured on. you would be. So this one is Joey Porter Jr., whose dad is the, is he a coach for the Steelers? No, he was. He was, uh, okay. he, he got fired. I mean, oh, okay, uh, well. yeah, but but I still, look, Joey Porter is a legend. So, he is a legend. Uh, Steelers uh, I, legendary linebacker, and now his son is a cornerback, went to Penn State, so right oh, in the Pittsburgh, right yeah. in the Pittsburgh area, and I just mentioned a class with all these physical specimens. Joey Porter may end up being the most impressive physical specimen of all of them. He is listed at 6'2", 196, but I think he's probably, he can put on weight. I was talking about players who can put on weight. He could get to like 210, I think, and not lose any of his speed. It's going to be Joey Porter's size. You know, yeah. he's going to be running out there exactly. 230 running these guys down. He's so fast. And then you're talking Cam Smith. I said he loves to play the run, but he, he struggles to tackle. Joey Porter can, he will hit you. Like you can tell his dad played <laughs> defense because yes. he loves to hit players. It seems like, and he's good at it. I don't know if he's quite as fast as Cam Smith. If he's quite as fast as Christian Gonzalez, but he's at his size. He's going to be plenty fast enough to go in the top half of the first round. And my knock on him is the ball production is not there yet. He has one pick in 34 games, but you see That's go what's going to keep him from being drafted, I think, in Pittsburgh because Tomlin loves splash plays. So I mm-hmm. don't know that he'll he'll get drafted uh, to Pittsburgh, but uh, yeah, he's he's a great player, uh, especially with the run. He's aggressive. Uh, he can hit, like you said. Uh, I, I perfect guy. He he would fit in the zone coverage for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. but I don't, I don't know if Tomlin will take him because he hasn't made those splash plays like you're talking. Well, about. then if he loves splash plays, we're going to talk Emmanuel Forbes. Cause then if he loves splash plays, this is his guy. Emmanuel Forbes is a cornerback, 14 career interceptions. I believe he's tied. Yeah. He's tied for the most career return for touchdowns. And he only played three years, 14 touchdowns, 35 or 14 interceptions, six touchdowns, 35 games for Mississippi state. You can tell he's the wide receiver. He was a wide receiver in high school. You can tell it. He looks like a wide receiver when he catches the ball. He catches it. He turns it into offense very quickly. I saw some indication that he was going to jump something like a 45-inch vertical is what they thought he could get to. I believe the tallest one anybody got last year was like 42 and a half. And there's some indications that he's going to get two plus inches beyond that. He is an athletic specimen. And you just talked about zone and Manuel. To get interceptions, it's easier in zone because you're you're looking at the quarterback, right? As opposed to man coverage where you watch your man and then you have to get your head around. But he's done both. Mississippi State will play both. Now, six foot one eighty, that's pretty thin. Another one probably needs to put on some weight if he's going to tackle a little better. But if you want splash pays, Emmanuel Forbes is your that's your first selection right there. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. I think this is a guy that's going to get second third round grades unless he you know just blows away like you said uh the combine he could move up into getting first round grades and stuff but yeah that it's one of those guys like that i could see tomlin falling in love with that i don't i don't necessarily like him fall like if he falls the second i'd love to take him there um but uh 
I don't know. I think Tomlin's going to fall. What was the Kentucky guy that they had that was so terrible? Artie Burns, right? Oh, yeah. Miami. Yeah. Artie Burns went to Miami. Yeah, he was terrible. That's the thing. It is, uh, I think, and Terrell Edmonds was a first-round pick, too. Now, you know, it's funny because I think Terrell Edmonds – uh, had a great year. I think this was his best year by far, and they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So he's a UFA uh, after this year. Um, they'll probably try to sign him back, but he's also a tweener. Like he is, he's a linebacker, but he plays safety. It's like you were mentioning before with the why there's no linebackers. They're just calling them safeties now. So that that's the difference. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this is one of those guys that Tomlin might fall in love with. So we'll see, we'll see how many visits he gets with Pittsburgh and all that stuff. So, but Tomlin loves the splash plays. He, you know, he started out as a DB coach in Tampa Bay the year they uh, won the Super Bowl and had two pick sixes in it. So, you know, Dexter Jackson, you know, uh, he'll be one of those guys. Uh, the next cornerback, I think most people will probably put this corner in the top three with Joey Porter and Christian Gonzalez, and that's Keely Ringo. So Keely Ringo, if we watched the playoffs at all, was showed up a lot. Now I think he is a, I think he's kind of a really high ceiling, but I think also think he is kind of a low floor. He is kind of a tweener where he's more of a safety than he really is a corner. They play that star position, and he fits that. He's could you get Minka Fitzpatrick if you drafted Keely Ringo? Yeah, I think you could. I think you could get Minka Fitzpatrick, who's kind of a safety corner tweener. And he's a great at it, right? But you could also get, if you don't use him right, these guys, they don't always develop. I mean, we just talked about Isaiah Simmons. So I think if you yeah. used him right, he'd be great. But they didn't use him right, and it didn't work. But he's got the speed at 6'2 to, to guard tight ends. You see him. They'll line him up at tight ends on occasion at Georgia. But they'll also put him in man coverage out on the outside. He takes a ton of risks. Emmanuel Forbes, I talk about getting all these picks, but he doesn't really jump a ton of routes and make take risks. Keely Ringo got absolutely torched in the first game of the playoff. Marvin Harrison lit him up the entire game. But then last game, Quentin Johnson caught one pass for four yards too. So it's the highs, it's the lows. I could see some team looking at that size and just falling in love with it and saying, okay, Keely Ringo, if you told me he went in the top half of the first round, I, I could fully buy that. But I could also say... There's some teams that will just say we don't we're not interested at all in Keatley Rinko. Yeah, like you said, kind of a tweener and can be coached out of out of success. Uh, that which definitely happened uh, to Isaiah Simmons. So um, hopefully that doesn't happen with a guy this talented. Clark Phillips is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He is a cornerback from Utah. He is the smallest of the cornerbacks we're going to cover, five ten. So he he plays a lot in the slot. Not a lot of these guys we talk about are slot options now Emmanuel Forbes did that a little bit too but Clark Phillips definitely the most slot option cornerback of these guys at 510 you wouldn't know it nine interceptions in 31 games another four touchdowns so plenty of splash plays in there now he is much more of a zone cornerback at 510 he's simply he's not strong enough to really guard uh, bigger receivers on the outside you see you know if you put him up against Mike Evans he's given up eight inches it's not gonna happen so he's he's kind of limited but he's also really talented so you gotta you gotta draft him and you didn't put him in the right fit and the last one is Devin Devin Witherspoon from Illinois he is going to the senior bowl now he is someone that they put him almost exclusively in man which is better I guess than zone because I think zone is more teachable and and he's really good in man coverage he's really another one really aggressive I think he's probably the best tackler cornerback even a little better than he Jamie hurt Porter. himself on the first play of college football this year like tackling. uh tackling. yeah tackling he loves they were to playing hit people 
they were playing against Nebraska. Nebraska threw, I believe it was, no, no, it was um, Indiana. It was Illinois, Indiana that first week. Indiana threw a screen pass, and Witherspoon blew it up. I mean, was in the backfield, just annihilated the running back. And then had to leave for the game because he definitely had a concussion. I mean, he is aggressive, like yeah. you said. Like you always hear the term like rocket, right? Where these guys just attack the ball so fast and they don't slow down. Now, size is going to be a knock, 5'11, 180. I watch him though, and I see Asante Samuel. And I was big on Asante Samuel Jr. when he came out. Not the sorry, not Asante Samuel, the senior, Asante Samuel Jr., the smaller one <laughs> who <laughs> fell to the second round, but is really good corner. He's a really good player. And the knock on him was always oh, got he's too small. He can't do it. He's really good. I think Devon Witherspoon is really good too. I could see him falling to day two, but someone will get a very good player there. And uh just uh safeties left, right? I mean are there other other any any other quarterback cornerbacks uh, that that you like? I mean, I know there's a lot. Um, there's just so much top end talent here. Uh, Hodges Tomlinson from TCU, Julius Brents, uh, uh, Tariki Stevens uh, Stevenson. There's there's a lot of good ones. DJ Turner. Uh, if I didn't mention him, there's a lot of good corners in this class. It's a it's another one. You're going to see a lot of them taking days two and three. Then I think could make. Pretty early. I mean, we saw Tariq Woolen go in, was it round four? And yeah. he's a all pro or borderline all pro as a rookie. So yeah, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, if he was four inches taller, he'd be a first round pick. He's just really tiny too. Uh Garrett Williams, I like from Syracuse, Jalen Jones from Texas AM. There's there's a lot of them again. But safety, not quite like corner, whereas corner is deep. Safety is is not, which is kind of strange. I was just talking about how important it is. It it might be deep, but it's not got a whole lot of top end talent. The only player I have is that I think will I'm certain he will go in the first round is Jordan Jordan Battle from Alabama. He is an incredible player in his own right. Watch the bowl game against Kansas State. I think he had 12 tackles in that game plus an interception and three tackles for loss. He looks like a linebacker the way he tackles. It's not this is the player I was talking about when you're talking, you know, can you get Minka make up Fitzpatrick? I think Jordan Battle could easily do that where he can play in the box. He led the NCAA and tackles for loss for a defensive back. And he does it all the time at Alabama. They have him play that star position that Minka Fitzpatrick played and he'll play safety. He'll play nickelback. He'll play cornerback. He can play linebacker in the box. The only thing they really don't ask him to do is play free safety. And that's because they have two other guys that are going to get drafted in this class. If I think Malachi Moore and DeMarco Hellams are going out and both of those guys could get drafted as safeties too. I think that you just draft Jordan battle. You know, I, the Packers are picking 16, I think, or 15. I would love it as a Packers fan. I think he'd be such a good fit there. They've drafted Alabama safeties before and ha-ha Clinton Dixon. It didn't really work. But I think Jordan Battle's just much more complete player as far as he can do everything for him. Probably better than in zone than man, but there's a whole lot of things that Jordan Battle can do for a lot of teams. Yeah, it's funny. Um, there's a lot of teams that need safeties, man. <laughs> there's a lot of teams that need safeties. And it's not I, – I think it's just not very – deep at the top you have uh battle who you mentioned uh i know a lot of people like uh christopher smith we saw him he perform very awesome well play i think did he have two interceptions in the in the game in, against in the in the natty he did yeah. yeah uh brian branch from uh another bama uh safety uh jordan battle brandon joseph is a big one as well and then there's a lot of like you know high low end day two high end day three picks uh your boy uh jamie robinson uh sydney brown jail skinner jay ward uh all guys that um 
you know, they're definitely getting drafted. It's just they're not going to make that day one type of impact. It would take a big jump for them through the process for them to get up into the, you know, back into the first, early second. Those are guys who day one make impacts on special teams. A lot lot of safeties you see early on on special teams, and then they work their way up. And because they all all have flaws, right? Like all of those guys, either coverage or tackling or just size concerns, they're all going to have some type of flaw. But doesn't mean that in a couple of years, they won't be very good NFL starters, too. So, CK, what I did for this week, like a madman, was I went through, uh, you know, I, I go to our, our site over the cap. I see who's going to be a free agent, who's got some voided contracts, that type of stuff. And I also look at, like, who just needs starters. Not So we're talking about starters here and not depth players overall for what teams need what. Now, I did this by position and realized that we would be here until Tuesday if we did it like that. So instead, I just separated it by team. I'm going to run through what teams are looking for what in terms of defense and, uh, you know, a couple free agents as well. So uh, it's alphabetical. So we're going to start at the top with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, we talked about edge rushers. Marcus Golden, Dennis Gardeck are their starters. So they need somebody else uh, rushing from that edge spot. Um, on the interior, we have J.J. Watt retiring, and Zach Allen is an unrestricted free agent. So that's your defensive line. That's your two guys on the inside, your two guys on the outside. The two guys on the outside are Marcus Golden, who's a great vet, great off the bench, probably not a starter at this point in his career. Gardeck is very underrated but uh, he's probably a rotational piece as well. I'm excited to see what he can do as a starter if they decide to go that way, but I don't know that they'll let that stand. They also need a corner. Um, you know, Marco Wilson played better this year, uh, but uh, Byron Murphy is an unrestricted free agent, so they need a boundary corner. So they'll be looking at one of those guys uh, that we mentioned, but they're picking so high that they'll probably spend that number three pick along the line since they need so much. Um, look, the Falcons, I could have just put everything. Here, right uh your two edge rushers for them are lorenzo carter and d'angelo malone um they need a slot corner too because isaiah oliver led them i believe in uh slot uh you know uh snaps from the slot and uh they're gonna need to replace him as well um but mainly it's putting pressure on the edge and that's what you hear when you have a roster that's as bad as atlanta's and i think arthur smith did a great job with those guys for what they are uh you know but um, you build from the inside out. We saw the Lions do it. You know, they spent uh, picks on Penny Sewell, on Wazirke, Alim McNeil, along the interior of the def- defensive line and offensive line, and now you can uh, start to get pieces uh, somewhere else. Atlanta, they're currently at phase one of that rebuild. So it's quarterback, it's offensive line, and it's uh, defensive line. So that's what they're going to be concentrating mainly on. Uh, Baltimore, not a lot of needs defensively with Baltimore, especially after dropping the bag on Roquan. Do you see that? They gave Roquan $100 bucks for an inside linebacker? So does that mean – I mean, the question then becomes, can they find the money to pay Lamar, right? Because that's – you don't think so? You're, 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 I, I hope not. I just I, want him gone. I, I want him out of Baltimore. So. <laughs> so you don't have to play him twice a year? Is that the yeah, well, so I don't have to play him twice a year, but I also love Lamar coming out yeah. and him going to Baltimore. And that's what, you know, that's what Bijan, that's the worry with Bijan, right? Is he's going to go to yeah. Baltimore and ruin your day? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I loved, um, I loved uh, Lamar coming out and he won me money in college fantasy, he was, you know, yeah. and he has like, in terms of points scored in college fantasy, he has the number one, number two 
years in all of college football. Barry Sanders is third with his 27 touchdowns, whatever he had at Oklahoma State, or Barry Sanders U, as uh, Rodrigo uh, would call it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, they they dropped the bag on Roquan, so they don't need that spot. They got him and Patrick Queen. They've got all kinds of defensive line um, stuff. That they're fine there. They get Ojabo, who they barely had at all this year, uh, to come in and be a starter who would have been a top 10 pick if not for tearing his Achilles at his pro day last year. They drafted Kyle Hamilton. Um, they have Marcus Williams back there. Uh, they just need a boundary corner because Marcus Peters is an unrestricted free agent and they could just end up re-signing him. So not a lot of needs there for Baltimore. Um, I mean, you know, they're probably going to need a safety. We obviously, you know, thank God DeMar Hamlin is okay. They sent him home today. That's awesome. That's so best news of all. So great, uh, j- just amazing to see how scary that was and to see him go home now. Now, look, you know, Chris Pronger had the same injury and played 12 more seasons. So is it within the realm of possibility that DeMar comes back and is the starting safety? Yes, absolutely. But if he's gone, Jordan Poyer is also an unrestricted free agent. So I don't know, you know, he's a great player. Are they going to franchise him? Are they going to work it out? Or do they have to go to the draft where we know there's not a lot of top-end depth and they're picking in the back end of that first round? So we'll see what they do there. And uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who they, you know, they have replacements for, but he's an unrestricted free agent, was a starting middle linebacker along with Matt Milano is getting a, long, a little long in the tooth as well. So we'll see what the Bills need to do. Uh, Carolina, I mean, the interior defensive line needs a lot. Matt Ioannidis and Henry Anderson are both unrestricted free agents. You have one of the best in the business in Derek Brown, uh, and you have one of the best in the business in Brian Burns, but you need viable players next to these guys to make them as dangerous as possible. So they need, like, they could use a defensive end with that top, I think, what is it, pick number eight for them? Uh, Nine. Right. They could you take a defensive end there and then, you know, take a, a clogger, take a Coburn or uh, one of those guys in the middle rounds. And now your defensive line is very dangerous because they're set at linebacker with Luvu uh, and um, and Shaq Thompson. They spent a high pick on, uh, you know, um, J.C. Horn and, and they still have um, Jeremy Chin as safety. So, like, the defense is really good. They just need a couple pieces there. Chicago doesn't need a couple pieces. They need everything. Um, the safeties in the corners are okay. I, I like the Eddie Jackson and Brisker are one of the top pairs. Um, we saw Kyler Gordon come back and look great uh, for them down the stretch. But I mean, they traded, uh, you know, both their they traded Khalil Mack, they traded Robert Quinn, and the interior of the defensive line is Justin Jones and Angelo Blackson. I mean, they're starting defensive ends right now are uh, in Muhammad and Dominique Robinson, who was a rookie this season. So I think those are both great rotational pieces, but you probably need two starters at that spot. And they have nothing at linebacker after trading Roquan. I mean, Sanborn had a great year, but he's a UFA. So I don't think he's a guy that you're not franchising Jack Sanborn after a great six weeks. So, you know, they got a lot of money. This is why they have a lot of money and they have the first pick overall. And we talk about them trading back because they need a lot of picks. They need so many players to fill in what they have and, and we'll see what they do. But this, the bears are going to look so different next year from what we saw this year, I think. And this, they have gaping holes along the line and uh, for wide receivers as well. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, th- there's a lot to fix in Chicago, but uh, they have they have the juice to do it now. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, well, we knew both safeties were free agents. Jesse Bates and Von Bell uh, both will be leaving. They did draft Daxton Hill last season, so Dax Hill will take one of those spots for sure as a starting safety. Played a lot of slot corner, too. And Jermaine Pratt is a UFA, so they'll probably need to uh, replace him or re-sign him. Uh, you know, just somebody playing next to Logan Wilson because he's your main guy. Um, uh, Cleveland, obviously, Jadevian Clowney is on the outs there after what he said about the organization. I stand behind Clowney. Uh, way to be, buddy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, Taven Bryan on the interior is gone, and they have good interior play, but they have like Perry and Winfrey's a good pass rushing interior guy. Uh, so they need they need a run clogger for sure. They had a lot of issues stopping the run this season. Uh, so you know, interior guys there, and then linebacker. I mean, Deion Jones and Anthony Walker are both unrestricted free agents. You still have JOK, but he's had injury issues in his career. So a middle linebacker is probably going to be pretty high on their priority list. And um, yeah, I mean, just the the front seven needs work uh, in Cleveland. Uh, for sure. And then we amazed. go. They brought Reggie Raglan back. That was the one I, that I dude, thought. They had nobody left. They're all hurt. Everyone was mm-hmm. hurt. Uh, Taki Taki, like towards Achilles, I think. Like, uh, and JLK has had so many injury issues. They yeah. were down to Reggie. That's why the Steelers won. I mean, they had uh, half those guys on defense were gone. <laughs> so, and then Denzel Ward started and immediately left with the shoulder injury. Uh, the Cowboys. Um, and you can see this from Dallas and you'll be probably be able to see it. That interior interior of the defensive line is bad right now. It's Odigizuwa and uh, Neville Gallimore who both rate very low. Uh, I know PFF grade isn't everything, but it's something. And they're you can both see bad. it too, though. At some point you can see it too. And the way they just get gashed up the middle. Yeah, you saw it against Philly. You know, that's why mm-hmm. Philly was in that game with a backup QBs because they could run uh, at linebacker. Uh, LV and Anthony Barr are both unrestricted free agents. So they, you know, I know it's funny saying this, but Micah Parsons is no longer a linebacker. Micah Parsons is a net treasure. Barely play, played linebacker at all. So they need someone in there. Now they have Damone Clark, who they drafted last year. They have Jabril Cox, but I don't know if that's enough. So uh, we'll see. And then corner UFA, uh, Anthony Brown and Donovan Wilson is a UFA too. So they got to figure something out at those spots as well. Uh, For Denver, interior defensive line is probably the biggest thing. Draymond Jones and DJ Jones did not play up to snuff this year. Obviously, you know, still trying to figure out something because they lost Shelby Harris in the trade with Russell Wilson. Uh, I think both these guys can play better. So maybe that's number, not number one priority. For them, but they need to address it uh, in free agency or in the draft for sure. And Andy Singleton uh, is a uh, unrestricted free agent, so they got to replace him uh, at uh, linebacker as well, uh, or Alex Singleton. Uh, and then Detroit, um, you talk about a team that needs a middle linebacker real bad because uh, Rodriguez, we've he's one, right? He's one of them. Probably more of a second guy, though. I don't know if that's the the guy that you want starting every single play. Alex Anzalone, Chris Board, both free agents. And their cornerbacks just have not played up to snuff. They paid a very high price for Jeff Okuda. Just hasn't. He's hit or miss. He's had some great games, but he's had some real trash games, too. Uh, Will Harris and Jerry Jacobs all kind of underperforming. Um, and, you know, they just put a they lot of money into need that. some competition. They put a lot of like capital into that secondary too to try to match their dominant defensive line, and 
it's just not worked out as he's at Akuta's was at the fourth pick overall was he was and it's that's the same spot that sauce got picked and Jeff Akuta is no sauce gardener yeah oh by the way I went and looked at the grades while we we're looking at it uh so Chidobi Awuzie and James Pierre were the only two uh players with over 100 snaps at corner uh, that had a better uh, a better reception percentage against 41.9 for Wuzie who got hurt he only played 8 mm-hmm. games James Pierre only played 11 and he had a 44.4 he also only had 260 snaps Sauce Gardner with 1114 snaps 45.2% the only other guy with under 50% reception rate with over 1000 snaps was James Bradbury so uh sauce and, and bradbury very very good the top so. end of last year's draft the defense man it's gonna go down as some of the best like trayvon walker stepped up he was great aiden hutchinson looked good at times sauce i thought Derek stingley was okay at times and then uh jalen petrie was amazing for houston later on so it's gonna be yeah. a it's gonna go down as a pretty good defensive draft i think it yeah it's gonna be hard to be as impactful uh, that's for sure. Uh, for Green Bay, uh, you can tell me uh, if I'm wrong here, but uh, Adrian Amos uh, is gone. a starter, and, and he's gone. So, uh, yeah, uh, that is emphatic, by the way. CK is happy. I'm not an Adrian, Amos guy. Uh, Amos is gone. What else would you say they need to replace? That's all I really saw, like, for sure among starters that they got they to gotta address. I wish I, – I think that – the pass rush clearly fell off when Rashawn Gary got hurt, which isn't un- un- understandable because he's really good. But just ever since depth. the whole year was the Darius Smith gone, Preston Smith just wasn't quite as good as, as what he's getting paid to be. So I think they could, o- anybody can always use pass rush, right? But yeah. uh, Adrian Amos, the safety, I would like that. I'd love to get um, the safety from Alabama. I could uh, Jordan Battle no. in there. I almost yeah. forgot his name. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Battle in there at 15. But I think at some point they have to get some more pass rush in there. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, and Devontae Wyatt barely played uh, yep. and, and you could see flashes of him when he got to play uh, the, like the last three games. He, he was, I heard his name a bunch. So uh, excited to see what he can do uh, for Houston interior. The defensive line has to be addressed. Malik Collins and Roy Lopez are not getting it done. And, you know, Jonathan Owens, who had a surprisingly great year is an unrestricted free agent. So they got to decide what they're going to do with him. They're going to pay him or let him walk. Maybe that's your uh, Adrian Amos replacement there. Uh, but they, they got to do something uh, for the Colts. Defense is actually pretty good. Rodney McLeod's uh, unrestricted free agent played a lot of safety uh, in slot corner for them. So uh, probably need to address that. But the defensive line is good. They have a glut of linebackers. The corners are pretty good, too. So it's all offensive needs, basically. Uh, for the Colts, uh, for Kansas City, the interior of the defensive line needs a boost because next to Chris Jones, you have no one. Michael Dana and Derek Naughty are both unrestricted free agents. So is one Thornhill at safety. So unless there's someone on the roster, they're going to have to address that. The Chargers actually pretty set on defense, just need to replace Nasir Adderley. They spent a lot of money on defense uh, last season, you know, traded for Clomac, uh, drafted Asante Samuel. Uh, paid for JC who was the corner Jackson. that was yeah, JC Jackson. Jackson was terrible. For he was them. awful for them all year. Yeah, he was hurt all year, too. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to rehab. Uh, then we get to a couple teams down the stretch here that need a lot on defense and the Rams. I mean, you talk about a turnaround. Um, you know, their edge rushers right now are Leonard Floyd and Lorel Murchison. So that's rough. Uh, is Aaron Donald going to retire? Because if that's the case, they need a they need an interior guy real bad. I mean, that that 
leaves a gigantic hole for them. Greg Gaines, also an unrestricted free agent. Uh, they need an outside boundary corner because Darian Kendrick's gone. Troy Hill is a slot corner. He's a free agent. This team is also up against the cap, so they have barely any money to spend. I guess if Stafford and Donald retire, that'll open up a little bit for them. But they also have... Uh, two safeties in Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott that are unrestricted free agents. This is why McVay wants to leave. McVay doesn't want to stop coaching. He doesn't want to coach this team through a rebuild to the next couple seasons. So, and they don't have a really what it is. They don't have their first round pick, right? They don't. They don't have yep. the cap space. They don't have their fifth pick overall. And I think McVay will probably leave for a while here. And then, I, I think Aaron Donald retires. I think Matt Stafford is probably going to retire here too. I think if McVay leaves, I think that's quite possible too. So. The Rams, Rams are going to have this brand new, beautiful stadium and put 550 people in it every week. It is really I hard mean, to remember that the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions still technically right now because it does not feel like it. <laughs> no, top five pick Rams. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about Super Bowl hangover. That's the biggest one. Uh, the Raiders also need a lot on defense. I mean, uh, the interior of the line is bad. Andrew Billings played very well this year. Finally, a healthy season for him. I was a big fan of his coming out of Baylor. Uh, you know, got drafted by the Bengals. I thought he was going to go in the second, third round, wound up in the sixth because of a knee injury. Uh, finally had a great year for the Raiders, but he's gone. Uh, Jerry Tillery, who they picked up midway through the year after he was cut from the Chargers, also gone. Uh, linebacker Denzel Perriman, Jayon Brown, unrestricted free agents their starting corners could use a boost because right now it's rocky sin nate hobson and mick robertson uh who i would say are all okay but you can't be good with an all okay secondary right uh so in a lot of a lot of secondaries you put one of these guys as a starter and he's the weak link so not a good combo for them and uh when they're starting safety strong Harmon is an unrestricted free agent so a lot it needs to happen for the Raiders between free agency and the draft. Uh, Miami's sitting pretty good. They need uh, to replace Atlanta Roberts and Eric Rowe. New England needs uh, maybe another safety with Devin McCourty and Jabril Peppers, both unrestricted free agents. And McCourty's kind of getting long in the tooth. Not sure how much longer. I think he might retire He'll too. Play. Yeah, I mean, there's just not nothing left for him to prove. Um, New Orleans uh, interior defensive line needs an upgrade because Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, and Malcolm Roach are all unrestricted free agents. Uh, for the Giants, you have a uh, big need at linebacker, obviously, with Blake Martinez uh, with the knee injury and getting cut before the season. They had issues there all year. Take Crowder played most snaps and ended up getting cut, uh, you know, like three weeks before the end of the season. Uh, so he's gone and um, right now, Jared Davis and Jalen Smith are unrestricted free agents at safety. Julian Love, who had an amazing season, he's going to get a lot of money from someone. And Landon Collins, both unrestricted free agents as well. For the Jets, uh, Quincy Williams and Quan Alexander at linebacker, both unrestricted. So is LaMarcus Joyner. So just need some uh, starters there. For Philly, Philly's actually losing a lot. So they need to get that ring. Um, you know, right now, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, both starters, both unrestricted free agents. We just talked about how great James Bradbury has been for them. He's an unrestricted free agent, as is uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps, both starting safeties for them. So, you know, they're going to have to spend some money uh, or, you know, try to get this all back in the draft. They have the 10th overall pick, uh, you know, um, so they, they get, it, get a little bonus, but I don't know, man. It, and they, they have a... Lot. They do have a sort of contingency plan for one of the linebackers. They drafted uh, Nicobe Dean late and another Georgia linebacker late last year. So maybe he can fill in for TJ Edwards. But yeah, they one of those early picks. I know a lot of people talk about how they could use it to kind of 
as a luxury pick on Bijan or whatever, but they have plenty of defensive needs in a draft that has a lot of good defenders in them too. I didn't realize that they needed this much because I was like, I don't see how Bijan doesn't go to Philly. Now seeing this, maybe, and we haven't even looked at offensive lines yet. So Mm -hmm. uh, they might need some offensive line too. They have one of the best in the league right now Uh, for my Steelers. I mean, it's a lot. This is why they got in trouble the first half of the season. Obviously a rookie QB uh, as well, but it is Hayward retiring at a couple cryptic. We never know kind of comments on his way out. So if he retires, that's going to be priority a number one. Cause there's just not another cam Hayward sitting around, uh, not a free agent. There's not a draft pick that can replace him. So, uh, got to do something there. Uh, Alu Alu and Wormley are both, uh, free agents as well. Montrevious Adams didn't really work out in the middle of the defense. So that's why, uh, I really want an interior guy, uh, for Pittsburgh. Devin Bush is an unrestricted free agent. He will not be back most likely. Uh, I mean, outside corner cam Sutton, I think they're going to pay. I think they could pay Terrell Edmonds too. Uh, but I would not be surprised to see him get more money from someone else. For the Niners, uh, they need a slot corner because Jimmy Ward is a free agent. I mean, he's listed as a safety, but he played slot corner the whole year. Um, Tayshawn Gibson, a safety, also an unrestricted free agent. So uh, I know the Welsh would say they need some corners as well. Uh, You know, I think those guys are better than he says, but still not great. Um, And Seattle, Cody Barton started all year. He's an unrestricted free agent. That outside corner, uh, Michael Jackson is a exclusive rights free agent. So I'm not really sure how that works, but if they decide they don't want to pay him, they got to do something there. Cause he started all year. Tampa Bay, Levante David is a unrestricted free agent, a linebacker and both safeties, Logan Ryan and Mike Edwards are UFAs for Tennessee. It's David long and Dylan Cole in the middle. And uh, Andrew Adams is an unrestricted free agent and for Washington, a uh, huge hole if Jerron Payne walks because uh, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. So he's a UFA and Cole Holcomb is a UFA as well. So a lot of guys that need to be replaced on defense. I can't believe it only took me 20 minutes to get through all of that. Uh, but that is a look at team defenses and needs. And uh, next week we've, we got stuff to talk about. We got the hula bowl uh, to talk about. So that's going to be a, uh, a good one. And we'll know a little bit more about the draft too, because it'll be post, uh, the wild card round, so we'll know who is picking Up, in update that the in between. Up, update the order there, we will, yeah. Yep, update the order, and then probably talk about some O-linemen as well, since we skipped that. that. So we'll get to offensive line as well. But that is going to wrap it up for us today. Remember, follow CK at C-O-P-I-E-P-S on the Twitter machine. And CK, what do you got coming up? You can catch me every day on the Daily Five, where I talk about five news stories in five minutes or less. I was just on another ITL podcast this past week. So check out Dynasty Sports Life with Jesse Severe. We talked NFL Dynasty risers and fallers. You can check me out over there too. Awesome. Uh, Check all that stuff out with CK and for me at Bogman Sports on the Twitter. Um, The Dynasty show is going to be coming back with Pat and I soon. We haven't quite nailed down a date. But I know it's going to be either at the end of this month or early next month. So that will be coming back at Fantasy Pros. Uh, the Welsh and I will be doing a wrap-up pod uh, for the season. And uh, we are currently in the process of putting together a slow mock draft for next season. So pay attention for that. That'll be our last episode of that. That's on this feed uh, for the season. And a lot of baseball content coming because uh, baseball is in full swing. So Welsh and I will be doing 
uh, player debates and guest episodes and stuff on the ITL Twitch, twitch.com slash in this league and all kinds of great stuff. So just check me out at Bogman Sports and you can see all of the content coming out from me if you are not tired of hearing me talk about your team already. So uh, that is it for us. We will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.